Hi, you've called Age. And Mitch. And this is Message on the Machine. Gritty conversations by smooth operators. You know what to do. Well, hello everyone. And for the very, very last time, welcome to Message on the Machine. My name is Age. And I am Mitch. And... There is the weirdest energy in the room today. I don't want to lie. I think that we need to describe it as joyous. It is joyous. It's a celebration of the life that was, of this beautiful show Mm. that I've come to call my little baby. I know. Our little baby. Yeah. But look, for anyone who is tuning in for the 72nd time, Mm. you will know what this means Mm -hmm. and how big of a deal this is, I guess, for us. Totally. If you're tuning in for the first time... (laughs) That's very random, isn't it? You've got a lot of fucking work to do. (laughs) 72 episodes worth. But no, it is us. We're in the studio. We're not going to go down a fully depressive road, although it does kind of feel like someone's dead and I'm about to give a speech at a funeral (laughs) because there's these gorgeous white roses on the table. I know. Thank you so much for my flowers. That's okay. But no, we are going to keep the spirits high or as high as we can because at the end of the day, this may be the last episode, but it is a big celebration of the last two years. Mm. And we want to give it the joy and love and laughter that it deserves because you guys deserve that too. So thank you for being here. And on that note... Yes, Mr. Coglin. Please tell me, as per the huge... Oh, yeah. How are you and how has your week been? I am good. I can't believe it's three weeks till Christmas. Yeah. Right? It's fucking weird. I actually had that on my list as well. Also, the start of summer. End of a podcast, start of summer, three weeks till Christmas. Mm. My day job is probably the busiest and most fucked that it's been (laughs) in the whole year. Great. There's a bit on the go. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a bit going on upstairs you, at the minute. You, classic you, though. Girl on the go. You yeah. Know. Very me. Very me. I wouldn't know how to do it any other way. But, you yeah, know, look, I am good. I won't lie. Leading up to this episode or today, like, I think the whole sort of, like, ending and, you know, final of Message on the Machine has kind of been something that's, like, been in the background of my mind a little bit that I've sort of just ignored mm-hmm. due to the emotional you know, attachment that we've got to the show. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, not sure. I can read some (laughs) messages out from earlier today. No. So I think like that's kind of been subconsciously in my back of my mind for the last couple of weeks. And I think that you would probably feel the same. And I think like it's probably something that I actually want to address on air for you guys to hear because I think like this season we have probably been a little bit quiet Yeah. in comparison to, you know, even just on socials and things like that. And I think like... It's a time to, like, step back and sort of reflect, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like, be a bit pensive. It's been reflective, and I think it's also been difficult for us a little bit in a way that, to, you know, knowing that we were going to get to today. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, yeah, potentially we may have put our head in the sand a little bit with Message on the Machine and just kind of getting in, doing your episode and getting back to your other day job and everything else that you do mm. um, as potentially a distraction because it is definitely a bittersweet feeling. But look, aside from that, like I said, three weeks to Christmas, just trying to get my ducks in a row for that, to be honest, because all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay. Your big, big wog <laughs> lasagna Mate, in just the been, Bay Marie Christmas. I've just got the text message. I've been allocated anti-pasto to bring this oh, year. That's a huge job. Thank you. That's like the whole first course. That's like saying to Jesus Christ, like, you've been allocated the Eucharist. <laughs> it's like... So, Auntie Sue gets to bring oysters and you need to create a cheese board for 20 people. But antipasto in my world is like, that's what we live off. That is literally, that's a main meal Mm. in Italian culture. So, Mm. it's not just like grab a couple of cheeses and dips and, you know, a bit of cracker barrel and some water crackers. and cocktail olives. Off you go. It's like we want prosciuttos, salamis. We want, you know, different types of suppressors. We want what kind of, like, cheeses are we going to do? We need burratas and provolonis. And then don't forget the crusty rolls that go with that. Like, that's a a meal. Yeah. So, you know, for Christmas Day. (laughs) That's what I eat in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my the poor new partner of mine, I was like, so, babe, we're bringing antipasto. And he's like... I'm a vegetarian. Oh, God. <laughs> so like, he will be on the cocktail olives. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's okay. We'll adapt. We'll bring, we'll do like a nice cheesy dip one for you. Yeah. We'll do the meat separate. Yeah. He can have lamb. 
literally. <laughs> he doesn't eat no meat. <laughs> it's okay. We make lamb. Yeah, it's very that energy. So yeah, cool. just getting ready for that. And yeah, to be fair, like... I think it's been a really big 12 months. I'm looking forward to a break. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just booked a little... This is kind of my last opportunity to give you guys a bit of a catch-up call too. God, yeah, it's all God. kind of coming. What's to say? Shit. <laughs> Panic. Um, <laughs> I've just booked a little trip for next year. Which Tell is us really your five-year exciting. plan. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you everything. I went to the toilet this morning. <laughs> Poo was like semi-runny, but that's fine. Oh, no, God, too overshare, much. Too overshare. much. Overshare. Um, yeah, no. So booked a little trip for next year. I think I mentioned that in the previous catch up call, but it's officially happening, which is really exciting. Great. So you're leaving me. Oh well, yeah. I knew this would happen. That's why the show's ending. Girl. I knew this would happen. Come I'll on. never hear from you again. Keep up. Yeah, no. So that's me really. I, there's not like any massive major news in my life at the minute. Great. Just trying to tie all the ribbons on the bows and on mm. the, is that the saying? Dunno. Yeah. I'm with you. Fuck it. It's fucking. It's the last fucking episode. Where's my drink? You're drunk. <laughs> Tying the ribbons and my bows, and I'm looking forward to putting my feet up at the end of 2022. Moccasins on. <laughs> Moccasins are on. I've got the hose ready. A lovely robe. <laughs> hose down the driveway. <laughs> Get ready for Chrissy. Say la vie. And yourself? Yeah, you know, similar end of year shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, my role is client service, which entails a lot of... A boozy client lunches. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm in the throes of that at the moment and God, it takes a toll. It's the season for it, isn't it? It's just like, you know, I obviously am able to drink better than a lot of people. Yes. Um, but Correct. <laughs> when it's every day, pretty much. I know. Like, where's you down? And the thing is, like, once we know work's paying, it's oh, very like... Game on. Well, you drink. And I don't know if who created this, like thing in our minds at the moment that we know that we're not paying for the alcohol it's like it's <laughs> that just speaks to our character i think more I than think anything it's just like we're on like i'm like <laughs> melissa mccarthy and bridesmaids taking nine puppies six from dogs the, from the wedding yeah literally it's very like well it just seems it's not right to just walk away from a free you know no. free moment but yeah though i totally hear you we're the same like very much in that client lunching yeah thanks for the year yeah kind of vibe. See the next one. The other thing I wanted to talk about, Spotify wrapped. Spotify fucking wrapped. So every year it comes out and I really look forward to it. So like, do I. I follow Spotify and Instagram and I've been like watching the countdown. Like it's okay. coming. It's yeah, coming. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just feel like I see all these memes every year being like, I don't care about your Spotify wrapped. I would like to say categorically, I actually do. So do I. I okay. want to know every single person's wrapped. So I literally, so the uh, wrapped actually came out Today, which yeah. is the day that we were recording, right? So this morning, I obviously checked the rap, was pumped about it. Mm. And I was with Boyfie and I was like, hey, show me yours. Like, so excited to see mm. his. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. And I was like, what do you mean? Mm. I was like, quickly do it now. Like, And then he was like, oh, he made a comment that was like, he didn't slag on the rap. Right. But he was kind of like, oh, that, are you going to post it or something like that, right? It, yeah. To that effect. A bit a bit pointed. And I literally flew off the handle. <laughs> I bet you did. To the point where it was like, whoa, that's a weird reaction to have versus what he actually <laughs> said. Because <laughs> it was this built up like resentment that I have towards exactly what you said. The people who, the haters, as I'm going to call them, who get upset by the people who post the rap. And I'm like, <sighs> how does that affect your day-to-day? Literally. What does that say about your day? I've got to watch you posting your fucking baby or whatever every <laughs> single day of the year, but you can't give me this one thing. Like, how sad's your life if me posting the music that I listened to for the last 12 months upsets you? Mm. That's a you issue. Yeah. So tell me, who was your top artist? My top artist was... Dun-dun-dun. Obviously, very relevant, mm. Beyonce. Oh, that's good. You know, as I you do fought once upon a time for her very hard in this studio. Yes, right. We'll never go for as her as to Halloween because, you know, <laughs> got my loyalties elsewhere, signed those contracts. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I Beyonce was number one. I mean, she released a new album. Like, what did we expect? Well, that's it. New music. That's it. Can't escape it. She's, you know, and she was top song as well. Yeah. Good for mm. her. You? Surprising mine. Okay. It was Doja Cat. I didn't pick that from you. I didn't pick it for myself. But every year my top artist really shocks me. Wasn't it? What was yours last year? Ariana? 
Um, it could have been. I actually think it was. Potentially. Which was which, another one because I was like, I don't think, no. we didn't think that was you either. And like the year before was Jessica Malboy. Okay. So <laughs> that's fine because we love her. Love her. Although I don't know where the data comes from if it's like based on top artists because like that's the song you listen to or did you search them the most because said Boyfie obviously ended up doing his Spotify wrapped once I had him by the throat. Yeah, right. Gun to the head. <laughs> In a headlock. Yeah. And... He's fifth artist. So, like, obviously the gays, like, have a lot of common themes across yeah. our rap. Yeah. His fifth artist was Elvis Presley. <laughs> Do you know, I've seen a few people with that. But to be fair, the Elvis movie just came out. Well, so. that's, he goes, babe, why the fuck is my fifth one Elvis Presley? And I was like, because the moment that we watched the movie, because his phone connects to my car when we drive. Mm. So, the, after the movie, I literally had his phone. I was just searching Elvis songs for the yeah, whole. right. Like that whole week after. Yeah. Burn in love. Got Elvis to number five. Good for him. Hound dog. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I reckon I know about four Doja Cat songs. <laughs> I must have really given him a pounding this year. Well, on that note, mm. for the very last time yes. ever on this gorgeous show, mm-hmm. but you can tell me offline, like as a friend, if yeah, you ever I'll, want. I'll, I'll still probably in. ask you once a week. <laughs> Mitch, what was the last thing that you Googled? The last thing that I Googled, which is actually quite topical to your week, um, was where to watch Love Actually online. Because last night I thought, tomorrow's the 1st of December. Yeah. It's time to get in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Sleigh bells jingling jing. (laughs) Jingling jing. And I just wanted to, you know, just nestle into a, like, lovely little Christmas moment. Mm -hmm. um, And needed to know how to make that happen. And it turns out it's available on Stan and Binge. So... Spoiled for choice. Perfect. Thank you so much. There you go, guys. You heard it here first. There's a reco. <laughs> There's a reco. Put a last sneaky one in there for you. Yeah, that's it. What about you? What was your last Google? So the last thing I Googled was... I just have to bring it up because I don't actually still know how to say her name properly. But I mean, I know how cool. to say it, but like, it's not one that sticks, you know? Okay. <laughs> Which is probably why I had to Google her. <laughs> right. Tilda Swinton. Oh, Yeah. The White Witch. The White Witch. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So I randomly, in a, you know, you know me, I'm not really one for just sit down and pop a film on, mm. but I've been trying recently. Good for you. Hungover, I was like, yep, just want something easy. Did you pick Narnia? I haven't watched Narnia in years. <laughs> Let's, you know. It's like, I'm not, like, I wanted like a Harry Potter vibe, but I didn't want to watch Harry, yeah, you know. So we'll check in on Mr. Tumnus. So we'll just revolt back to the other similar storyline. <laughs> And, yeah, and then I was like, who is this bitch? Because she's got quite a pointed face. Yeah. So, yeah, Googled. Who is she? Turns out Tilda Swinton is the White Witch. There you go. And I was like, is she? I don't know. I was trying to work out if I liked her or not, but Mm. I couldn't. I'm still undecided. I think she's great. Okay. Liam Neeson, Mm. the lion, Mm. is in love, actually. So, there you go. There you go. Swings and roundabouts. (laughs) That's it. Give me a word. Any Greek word. (laughs) Liam Neeson, there you go. (laughs) So, let's get into the thick of this very last little bump, baby bump. what we're calling it? It is... It's reflection time. Reflection time. That's right. So, I think, like, first thing I kind of wanted to just maybe acknowledge... Mm. Was that although it is the end, it is also a bit of a time to cheers to a full two years in these seats. Mm. Message on the Machine did turn two uh, not too long ago. Yeah, it did. And I just wanted to acknowledge that because I think that, you know, I guess like the landscape of this show is kind of two years, five seasons, Mm -hmm. 72 episodes. (sighs) Like a lot a, of numbers you're throwing at me there. It's a pretty, yeah, It's a there's a bit behind it. And yeah. I think, like, I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that, like, we have been around, I guess, for that long. Mm. It doesn't really feel like two years, but when you kind of troll back through, like, as you said, we've done a lot of reflecting in this last, you know, couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there was... It's bizarre to sort of go back and, like, you know, there's a few, like, titles in, you know, when you scroll through, like, Spotify or Apple and look through the titles, it's like... Some things you forget about. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was because of this. And, like, oh, yeah, I was doing that at that time. And, like, two years is a really long time. And, yeah, I think I just wanted to say happy birthday. (laughs) And to you. And happy funeral. (laughs) 
<laughs> message on the machine. It's a loaded day. But yes, we have hit our second birthday. So I guess on that reflection piece. Yes. Mitchy, do you have like a highlight? I think like I want to sort of like deep dive into like how's this been for you, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, obviously, I knew this question was coming mm-hmm. um, and it's a hard one because like looking back at, as you said, two years has been so much that's happened yeah. and it's sort of difficult to pinpoint down like one moment that's a highlight. Like yeah, I feel I like there's been so many little moments that sort of add up to more than the sum of their parts, if that makes sense. Absolutely. For me, one of the biggest ones is like, obviously we know how many people listen, we know the numbers, but like when there's someone in real life that like reminds you that there's actually people listening to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we've talked about that a bit, like, you know, at the club or like at an event or whatever, and someone comes up at you and is like, oh my God, I love the show. Mm-hmm. What did you Google? Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. like I yeah. think that's... Yeah. That's, like, part of it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think another one that is, like, it's a weird one, but, you know, I mean, we haven't really discussed this as, like, a thing, but sometimes when we finish an episode and we, like, take the headphones off and we look at each other and we're like, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a really good feeling, like, oh, everyone's going to like that one. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think today, I guess we kind of wanted to, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit for you guys into, like... Not that we keep things from you because I think we're very open and transparent, but like obviously running a business and a podcast and like, you know, like there's things that happen that we, Mm. you know, maybe don't tell you the full story Mm. because it's just like not the right thing to do or whatever. And like, I guess like what we do or how we feel post and pre-episode and all that kind of stuff, which like some of that stuff you just didn't need to know at the time. Yeah. Um, So I think you'll probably get a little bit of that today, but like, yeah, that's a great example of like, you know. Yeah, and on, like, the flip side of that, like, obviously there's episodes that we record and we get to the end and we're like, that was, a like, dog shit. Oh, <laughs> like, it's what the fuck? Fucked. Yeah, like, I think, like, at the end of the day, you can be as prepared as you want, but when you're running a business on the side of a day job mm-hmm. while, you know, we were both studying at one point and whatever, like, there were days where we would literally rock up to the studio and be like, so. <laughs> fuck. What's happening today? Yeah. This is the first moment we've had to be in the same room together or the same, like, you know, 5, 10, 15, half an hour that we've had to actually sit down and put some planning in. Because at the end of the day, you know, it might feel like we just jump in and just chuck the mics on, but there is planning that has to go into it, right? Mm, But you can't just do that, unfortunately. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that has happened along the way. We are better planned these days, though, I think, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. We learned the hard way when we weren't. <laughs> what about you? What, what's What's been the highlights? Um, I think for me, like, you know, looking at this, like, there's definitely the interaction, like you said, you know, with listeners who, you know, give you feedback and say, like, give you all the great... <laughs> you guys of, are shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. Um, yeah, no, give you that kind of, like you know, pat tap on the shoulder to know that sort of what you're doing feels good. But I think taking away like that side of things and looking at it as like a project that we started, mm. I think one of the highlights for me looking back and something I'm like, you know, happy and proud of is like, like you said, those numbers, like watching them go up. Like at the end of the day, we started at zero, zero, zero followers, zero listens. There wasn't anyone out there who knew us prior to this because this didn't exist prior to us creating it. Yeah. So like... I think those sort of like moments, like I think the first time we got a sponsor, mm-hmm. like that was a big deal for us. Yeah. Like we would never have jumped on and be like, guess what guys, we've got a sponsor. But like yeah. for us, be in the cool, back- be cool, be cool. Yeah. 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 Like for us in the background, we were like jumping up and down, like, you know, screaming about it. Like it's amazing. <laughs> like um, I think when we, you know, we started booking like big guests as well. Like uh, that was another moment. Like I think that those moments as the, person running the show Mm -hmm. to give you guys context like to get all those things we had to create like a brand deck right which is like a media deck so this is like (laughs) that fucking brand deck almost killed me (laughs) it's like a pdf document that you send out to either like booking agents to get your guests on like unfortunately i don't have just like you know khan's number Mm. to just ring and be like hey mate do you want to come and chat on my show like you've got to go through a process when Mm. you do all that stuff and i think you know the amount of work that's required to do that which at the start we kind of maybe didn't realize Mm. and that but we did it like we fucking did it and we put in that hard work and yes the brand deck nearly killed mitch (laughs) 
you know, but like we organized the photo shoots that went with that. Mitch also, you know, probably why the brain deck nearly killed him, but like he writes all of our copy. Okay. <laughs> so like there's all that stuff, but I think like putting in those hard yards and then seeing the results come out of it is like really, you know, a moment for me that I'm like, that's a highlight because I know what was the amount of work that I guess was involved in it, if that makes yeah, sense. Totally. But yeah, I think that's kind of a highlight. I think... Can I ask then on that, like, obviously, as we've said, like, you know, there's been so much growth and learning and whatever. In yep. terms of when we started versus now, like, what were your expectations of this little show and have mm. they been met? It's an interesting question because I think you and I probably didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it was very much just kind of like dipping the toe in seeing what felt right, not sure, a bit sceptical, maybe in our own heads a lot, like at the beginning. And I think, would I have liked this to become the number one queer podcast in Australia, which it potentially, you know, could be up there as like in that category. Haven't crunched the numbers. But, you know, like, could this have turned into the likes of like, you know, like Shameless or something like that? I think I would be lying if I didn't sit here today and say that, of course, I would have loved for it to have ended up there. Mm Mm-hmm. But in the next breath, when I do that reflection, and like I just said, when you start on zero Mm. with nothing behind you, no existing fan base, no existing following, like Mitch and I aren't influencers. Mm. We were never like coming to the table. As much as we pretend to be. (laughs) No, but we weren't influencers with, you know, 500,000 followers already following us and then just decide to launch a potty on the side and it does well. Like, yeah, we were coming into this from ground zero. So like... You know, I think my expectations have been met because I'm still proud of how far we've come and all the things that we did mm-hmm. in the two-year period. But I think maybe there were times along the journey where I thought that we would end up at that shameless point. But yeah. that doesn't just happen within two years. And unfortunately, like the reality is when we do work day jobs and we do have other things that we handle... Message on the Machine isn't always the number one focus. Mm. And that's the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if this was our day job and we sat here and I got paid the same pay that I get paid to do my day job right now. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I can guarantee you that this would be the fucking best podcast to ever exist (laughs) in this planet. Because I would be Joe Rogan. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, what about you? What are your expectations? I don't know if I really had expectations. Like, if I'm being really honest, I don't know if I expected it to last as long as it did. Mm, Like, totally. Like, I was thinking back about when this started and it was essentially a lockdown hobby. Totally. Like, we were just bored. We had time to kill. We liked to shoot the shit. Yeah. We're like, well, we've got a little bit of disposable income. We'll buy two microphones and see what happens. Yeah, totally, totally. And I kind of thought, you know, when life starts again and gets busier and when it's harder to juggle that, as you said, that it might just sort of fall away. And now it has. (laughs) (laughs) And now it has. But yeah, I agree. But yeah, like I think that as you said, my expectations have been met mm. in a way because mm. we have built something really beautiful and and we should be proud of that. Yeah, I think like the emotion that we've both felt in this last week and today is a testament to that mm-hmm. because if I wasn't proud of it and I didn't think that it was something amazing, I probably wouldn't be as this like bittersweet, sad. yeah, sad feeling that I'm feeling today a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be like, cool, let's just record this last one so I can go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Can I say something else that I didn't really expect was um, the international audience. Fucking how weird is that? Can I just say? Latvia is still listening. Latvia, shout out to the Latvians. And you know, we started with that one listener in Latvia, however the fuck you found us. And there's been this <laughs> slow sort of trajectory of growth in Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we were doing an international tour, we would have to go to Latvia. We would have to. It would be, the jumpers would say, Melbourne, Sydney, Latvia. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shout out to those that crew. And thank you to that one listener who's slowly spread the word for us. Obviously. Because I can safely say we're not doing any paid marketing in Latvia. No, <laughs> just one, one gorgeous Latvian speaking the good word. Yeah, I know. The international, it's so weird. Like, when we first started, and all of a sudden, because you can, the way they the data comes back to you, it spits it out by ge- like geographical location. So that it was like, there was the first time there was like Latvia, which was this consistent, but like every now and then it was a random like Italy or mm. like something so bizarre. Mm. I'm just like, I really want to just find out who that person is. Like, where did you find me? Yeah. And this was also at a time when no one could travel. So it's not like one of our friends had just popped over to Latvia. Totally. Like the borders were closed. Totally. <laughs> On the flip to that. Yeah. 
not to be too much of a downer, but like, you know, low lights or, you know, areas for opportunity, as they say in business. Um, Is there anything that you won't miss about doing this show? The bane of this podcast for me has been the social media, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. And... Like, I understand that it's an important thing. And it was actually my idea to do the socials because when you were, when we were starting this podcast, you were like, we don't need a social media presence. And I was like, how do we tell people things? <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of shot myself in the foot. Um, I mean, all... it's not like we had like a multi channel, like integrated marketing platform. Nope. We had an Instagram. I've got two fingers and a thumb, literally. And my phone. And that was like a lot of work. Yeah. It was. And still is, like, <laughs> to this day. And I will say, you've obviously kind of always took the reins on that. So I really appreciate that. But even just having to be around for content to be created has been too much for me. Yeah. So, again, pulling the curtain back a little bit, like, we would rock up to record and I would be like to Mitch, right, so I need shots of this, this and this, and then I need you to stand mm. here and do this, this and this, and mm. then we can record. Because, yeah, it is a big job. And I think, like, any, you know, I guess... For anyone who wants to do anything creatively, business or pleasure, um, it's just kind of something that you have to accept. Yeah. It's the way of the world. And you got to be on the train and be a part of it or be left behind, totally. essentially. And that was kind of a big learn for us because obviously getting in here every week and recording is like task one. Mm-hmm. Preparation will probably... Task one is actually preparing the episode. Task two is getting in and doing it. Task yeah. three is editing it. Mm-hmm. And then... All of a sudden, it was like, great, five, six, seven, eight tasks are all these other things that like we have to do in order to make sure that we have a presence. And the task list gets long. <laughs> Can I say... As we learned. I was looking at... Um, do you know Trash Alley, the podcast? Yes. Shout out. Very funny. All right, yeah. hey, and worthless twink. Yeah. So I was trying to see the other day if they had an Instagram. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Yeah. Anyway, went on there and I found their Insta and it was just this private account with no posts and not following anyone. With okay. just a bio that said, we can't be fucked running another social media account. So just follow us on our own. <laughs> and I was like, God, I didn't know that was an option. God, I mean, quite clever. <laughs> no, we... I would have thought maybe we could have done a third year if we'd only known that. Literally. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think the... You know, like we sort of touched on, I think if Message on the Machine was a full-time job for us, mm-hmm. then the admin and all the legwork that's required, that's not the fun part when we get to flick the mics on and, you know, do the record because that's the part we love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all the kind of, I guess, like other parts that come with running a business that, it, yeah, I will not lie to you. I'm not going to miss those either, mm. to be honest, because they they're very demanding of your time but it's kind of look it's a commitment that you make you know totally if you're gonna do this and i think that's why like it's been so great to have each other in the process is that we would just keep each other accountable like i could never do something because i know that you would be reliant on it and vice versa and like you know i think that that was probably one of the things that worked in our favor Mm -hmm. along the way should we pull back the curtain and just tell everyone who does what? Because we've, like, divided and conquered the tasks. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, obviously, when we record, we do that t- together. That's yes. when we're required to be in the same room. I don't have my hand up Mitch's ass right now. <laughs> Unfortunately the, not. Doing the um, voiceovers, no. <laughs> you have pretty much run socials from day one. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I helped out a bit at the start, <laughs> lost interest. So the story there is that at the beginning, I was like to Mitch, well, we both need to like, we both need to be posting. We both need to be doing stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of just got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I'm getting disappointed by the fact that you're not doing it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always doing it. So we're going to change the brief. Yeah. <laughs> Which we did. Yes. And so I have always been in charge of any kind of writing task. Yeah, which is the wordsmith. Yes. Um, something that I really enjoy, just putting together a few lines for whatever's required. Yeah. Can I just say, if you guys have skimmed over or haven't bothered reading either our captions on Instagram or the episode notes for each episode, you've been doing yourself a disjustice this whole time because they're very well written. Thank you. And even I like getting them each week because I don't know <laughs> what it's going to say and I read it and I'm like, good job. <laughs> Um, and then the other big one is obviously the edit of the app. Yeah. Um, we don't have a team of lemmings who do that for us. It's just us. Again, two fingers and a thumb. Yeah. And you did that for quite some time. Yeah. Um, so we've pretty much split it, I think, like evenly now in hindsight. Mm-hmm. I did it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then 
I remember saying to you, if I'm going to continue doing this show, you need to do that right now because I'm doing the editing and the socials and I've had enough. Yeah. And do you know it was funny? <laughs> because obviously the process is one of us edits, sends it to the other one, they review, sends back notes, and then you do a second edit. This is how much fucking work we put in every single week. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes live. Correct. And you were doing this edit and fucking hating it. And I was listening to the episode and providing notes and fucking hating it. <laughs> and then, like, halfway through, we switched. And I was like, I like this version way better. Oh, and I loved it so much better. I was like, I don't have to do the clicking and the moving. I can just listen. I love it. I'm such a control freak. It just put me in front of the mouse and the computer. So, yeah, another learn, another t- hot tip for anyone. Play to your strengths and communicate. Because yeah. if I'm sat there for 12 months doing something I fucking hate and my <laughs> business partner actually loves it... <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah. So on just, you know, stuff that was shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Do you have any regrets from the show or from our time together? Do you know what? I'm not one for regrets because my philosophy is very much like nothing should be regretted. Yeah. You know, like regrets. Yeah. Like it's very like learn. Um, what about you? You obviously do, because that was a leading question, which is a classic thing that Mitch does while we record, is that he'll set me up for a question that I don't know anything about, and yeah. then, so he can talk about it. So I have two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see? The first one is another little bit of a, you know, BTS moment. Mm. Um, so we had our microphones from day one, obviously, that's how we've been recording, but we didn't have microphone stands for a very long time. Oh my God. <laughs> that's a regret. And so the mics were just sitting, like, on the table. <laughs> And we recorded probably the first year and a bit, like hunched over. And I don't know if my spine will ever recover. And then one day we were like, why don't we just see if there's a stand available that could lift it up to the height of our face? And there was. We used to record (laughs) microphones on table, which is like waist height. So you would (laughs) lean forward. We also were like unsure about like, we obviously didn't start in a studio, disclaimer, but Mm. like. This show started in my lounge room once upon a time. That was the original OG studio. Mm. We used to, we weren't sure about sound and acoustics and dynamics. So we used to sit in the studio. Mitch would get pillows and towels (laughs) and go up against the bottom of the doors because he wanted to try and soundproof the room we were in. (laughs) Because he thought that that little gap underneath the door would really affect the sound. Yeah, my lucky pillow. Then he, we would also have these like weird kind of like plastic tubs that he would position around the microphones and then get blankets and dunas and towels and wrap them around that to kind of create like a shield for the mic. And <laughs> we thought how far that, we've come. that was doing something. Yeah. Turns out, get a mic stand mm. and all your problems are solved. And no, you can we actually should. record wherever you want. Literally. So that's one. Yeah. The other one that I have is... Every episode that we recorded when we were, like, super hungover. Oh, yeah. Because there were a few, and it's not so much now, because we realised after that happened a few times that it's a really bad idea. (laughs) And I remember, like, I would either call you or you would call me the night before a scheduled record Mm. and be like, I'm fucked, but it'll be fine because I'm really (laughs) funny when I'm hungover. And the worst was when we were both hungover because you know how you get like a bit giggly and shit when Mm. you're hungover. Mm. And we'd finish and be like, headphones off. That was a great one. We Mm. nailed that. And then we'd go to the edit and be like, this doesn't make any sense. Okay. So that's probably, yeah, that is a regret actually that I'll chime in on and agree to is that. So Mitch and I obviously like had a friendship prior to this. Mm. And like when we would go out and we were drunk, everyone would be like, you guys should have a podcast. And like when you're drunk. Everything's funny. Your distorted version of what you think's funny. Turns out we're actually so much funnier Mm. and better when we're sober and fresh because I can actually think properly and, like, be coherent and, like, keep track of where the episode's supposed to go and, like... (laughs) Hold a conversation. Literally. So, yes, the hangover vibes were... mm, There's a couple of episodes every now and then that have popped back up in my ears where I can hear my voice. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, she's rough. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. She's rough. <laughs> Nails on a chalkboard. Can I just continue to peel back the curtain? Please. I have a story for you guys that you've never heard, which I know is bizarre after 72 episodes because I, prob- I, I genuinely think I've run out of stories, but here's one mm-hmm. that I can't tell you till now. So on that hangover vibe, do you remember the day that we recorded with Luke Anthony? Yeah, very well. <laughs> so for anyone who's paying catch up, we recorded an episode with... 
a amazing singer based in Sydney yeah. named Luke. Great guy. Um, super excited. Like probably one of the first like guests who one we obviously didn't know through friends of friends. Like it was very much a source thing. So like yeah. Also one of the very first guests that we did remote, which is can I say fraught. <laughs> It's a terrible idea. It's never do it. Fucked. So like we don't, again, we don't have huge tech things like trying to work out how to do that properly so that sound quality can be good for you guys. We didn't know what we were doing. Anyway, long story short, I've spent probably two weeks leading up to this day being like, we're going to use this program. I found us a program. It's going to be great. Don't worry. He logs in and we log in and it captures the sound and Mm. doing all your research. Sweet. All good. We've prepped the guests. They've got all the notes. Like... Sent them the big long email being like, can't wait to see you. There's no way to test it though. So we've, and we, but we did, we did do like a little mini Yeah, but not with him. No, not with him. Right. So we'd even thought that we'd done a test. So in our mind, I was going into this day fucking prepared because that's what we do. Professionals. The night before, (laughs) I was at a party. Got on the Terps. And I remember having a few drinks and I literally remember saying to my friends at the party, no, no, I'm not really drinking properly tonight because I've got a record in the morning. Yeah. Big, important record. Big, important record. Like, not just me and you. I've got a guest in the room. Yeah. I'm using tech. Like, get yeah. your shit together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I was fucking blind <laughs> at this party. Oh, I don't know what happened. I ran. I must have been spiked. Who knows? And when I say drunk, I mean to the point where, like, one of my friends was like, are you okay? Like, do you need to go home? And I was like, I do need to go home because I've got to record in the morning. It's kind of the response, <laughs> right? Anyway, so I, I don't even know. I reckon it was like close to three or four in the morning when I got home. Yeah. When you came to me, you looked like a slapped ass. I was fucked. A sack of shit. <laughs> and I rock up to the studio the next day. Like, I'd woke up in the morning. And you know when you wake up when you're like, you know you've got something big on whatever. I literally rushed quickly out of shower, but like, hadn't really had a proper sleep. Mm. Just... Still pissed. All sorts. Yeah. Rock up to the studio. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, don't want to let Mitch know that I'm that hungover (laughs) either. Because if he had ever come to the studio like that, I would have had his fucking neck. (laughs) I could smell it on you as if I didn't know. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sitting there. And then we sit down with with Luke and the tech doesn't work. It just collapsed. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And it was the most fucked, like... My anxiety, I was sweating. Yeah. My anxiety was through the roof. The tech wouldn't work. Luke's on the other side in Sydney, just sitting there in his little apartment waiting for us to like call him back. Cause like, we're just like one minute. <laughs> I'm like, I literally feel like I'm going to throw up over the desk. Oh my God. I've never seen you so stressed in my entire life. I was really fucking bad, wasn't I? And then I thought I was going to have to carry you like into a cold shower or something. And then it was like, but you can't let the guests know that you're that stressed and panicking because you're supposed to know what you're doing because mm. you're experienced podcast host. Professional. <laughs> and then, yeah, we finally got it sorted and whatever and did it. And I remember like, then not only that, but like, you're so anxious and stressed, then you've got to be on to record. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like finishing that being like, that was fucked. Mm. That was really fucked. Turned into a beautiful episode, though. Great app. And he you was guys, a great guest. You, would, you guys would never know the difference. <laughs> you <laughs> thanks, can't. Thanks to our great editing skills. But, like, that's what's happening <laughs> in the background. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a bit of an Adrian question now. Okay. What have you learned about yourself? What a beautiful question. In the last two years and a bit. Um, I think I've learned that I think that I might have you know, the right way of doing something. But when you work so closely with someone else, you need to learn to adapt. Or die. Yeah, adapt or die is a famous words from this show. But yeah, like, I think I've learned that when things don't go your way, you need to be able to pivot and you can't get too bogged down in like what the outcome that you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something in general that I'm still like struggle with sometimes in life because... You know, when I see a vision, it's like, it's got to be the vision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the vision doesn't turn out the way you want it to be. And that's okay. Mm. But yeah, that's probably like one of the things I've kind of learned. And I guess like learning my communication style because... <laughs> it's aggressive. <laughs> it can be very um, Italian. Right. <laughs> is the word I'll use. But yeah, it can be very direct and to the point and um, definitely not take into consider In that moment, not take into consideration how... I come across and how it might make someone else feel. I'm more focused on getting my point across. Outcome oriented. Yeah. Which is 
you know, when you work with other people and business partners and guests and whoever else they are, like you can't operate like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I'll definitely be taking away from this is like, just think about your delivery. Good for you. Growth. Yeah. What about you? What have you learned about yourself, darling? Um, I think that I learned probably pretty much when the podcast started that I put a lot of stock in what other people think of Mm. what I do. Mm. It's something that we discussed a lot at the start when I was like, I don't think I can do this because people will have opinions about it. Yeah. Not really realising at the time that it doesn't really matter because there's no opportunity for feedback on yeah. the podcast. It's <laughs> great. But, you know, even just, like, friends and family and stuff, like, I was so stressed about what everyone would think. And I don't think I realised that until you put yourself out there in this kind of way and, like, mm. you're like, well, fuck, I'm just presenting this and people are going to say what they want to say and you just have to keep pushing on. Totally. And so I think then I've learnt to not really give so much of a fuck about that. Mm. It's weird, like, I, I was thinking about this question a lot this week. Mm-hmm. And I, nice. think, I think that, like, even, like, being gay mm. and doing something like this, you're like, oh, everyone's going to, like, obviously everyone knew that I was a big flaming homo, but, like, everyone's going to know, like, how gay you are and what that means and, yeah. like, you know? And I was like, fuck, what is that going to look like in my day-to-day? Mm. And I think that I've kind of realised that, like just being ourselves is what Mm. people love. Totally. I think one of the best things we ever did, and I don't think that we meant it in the moment or knew the weight that it would have, but anyone who's followed the show knows that we live and die by the cards on the table Mm. motto. And I think that without knowing that had subconsciously empowered us to be like, well, I don't have a choice because when I'm in this studio, I have to I, say everything. I have to say exactly how I think and feel. And every piece of it is real and organic. Mm. And therefore, by giving it that, you take away the power of like anyone else having an opinion on it. Because like, well, in here, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just you and me, babe. That's it. And, it's and you kind make of, me feel safe. No, <laughs> no, but it is. It's like you, this thing of like, well, if I live and die by that authenticity, mm-hmm. then no one can t- say anything about it because I know that it's real and that's the way it is that's the way it has to be because we do cards on the table another thing that i learned on i guess sort of an extension of that is that my mum is much more open-minded than i thought (laughs) that was my biggest concern i was like god mum's gonna listen to this because she just absorbs everything that i do yeah we've talked about some pretty rogue shit on this show and every week she's like loved the app do you know what actually i remember at the start you being like fuck, mum's going to listen to that at the end. And, like, that being a bit of a concern for you. But then, yeah, it's funny how... I know it's so funny. I went to a family get-together on the weekend Mm. and my cousin, who's, like, my mum's age, so she's, like, you know, (laughs) mid-50s, she's like, I was listening to you on the way up here. And I was like, oh, great. Great. (laughs) And then she's like, like, I forget that other people who are, you know, not our, like, in our demographic listen. I know. Or family. And then, yeah, and she was like, oh, we kind of just got talking about it. I was telling her, you know, we're about to record the last episode. And she's like, oh, my favourite one will still always be when you talked about, you know, who does what in the gay bedroom. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I would really like to know what I said in that episode that now you have heard. Yeah. Auntie Lena. Because you don't remember. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a deer in headlights, like, oh, God. Well, that's it, because when it's just me and you in here, it's like no one else is listening. Yeah, but literally. There is. <laughs> so uh, with this reflection that you've been doing, my love. <laughs> yes. Through the looking Staring glass. Staring into the looking glass, <laughs> exactly. Everyone's going to be like, what the fucking weird week they've, they've had. <laughs> no, um, I said earlier, like, I've been listening to a lot of Message on the Machine this week. Yeah. Do you have like a fave app or like a fave moment or like just something that sort of sticks out to you as like, fuck, that was good? Mm, I mean, it's hard because you're like asking me to choose between my 72 children. Yeah. yeah. Some of whom I definitely hate. (laughs) Some of whom should not have made it through the pregnancy. (laughs) But one that always comes back to me is The Secret Gate Underbelly. Oh, yeah. Which was the first episode of season three. Um, And I think there's a few reasons. Great Uh, app. Great app. Barrel of laughs, and it, it is a very funny episode. Very funny episode. Also, it was like a turning point for us in being like, let's go hard with like 
And I think this is this is my point, is that I feel like that was a bit of a turning point in that we were like, oh, we're going to talk about kind of gay stuff and, like, keep it very PG. And then yeah. we, like, went back for the new season and we were like, do you know what? Fuck it. Let's talk about sex parties and gay raves yeah. and yeah, orgies. Yeah, yeah. For and doing it, cards on the table, it's all cards on the table. Literally. Yeah. And it was so fun and, like, quite freeing to just be like, this is actually our lives. Yeah. And everyone just responded to it so well. Yeah, totally. Totally. I also, there's also two iconic stories from that episode. The mm-hmm. first one being when I almost received a happy ending at, <laughs> at the massage parlor, which didn't even have anything weirdly to do with the topic. No. Yeah. Great story. And then obviously one of the most iconic characters mm. to come out of this show, Mr. Plough. Mr. Plough. <laughs> the boy on the box at the gay sex rave, <laughs> who we saw be rooted systematically by about 19 men in a row. <laughs> yeah, that was a moment. An image that will be burned into my retinas for the <laughs> end of my life. I'd love to know, like, what you guys as listeners envisage when you picture those stories. Because, <laughs> like, literally. I know what it looked like because I was there. But, like, imagine the imaginations of, all you know, people running wild being like... I mean, whatever you're thinking, it's probably it. Yeah. It was or, pretty or confronting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about you? I think it's funny that you said turning point because looking back and it's again, a consistent maybe like thing that sort of stuck out because of the feedback of others Mm -hmm. was the episode four coming out again. It was like a turning point for us in the sense that when we started, I remember us sitting down being like, we're going to be gay, but we're not going to be a gay podcast. Like, we're just going to be us. And like, we're going to talk about normal stuff because like, we want to appeal to everyone. And then we were like, that was the first three episodes before we even launched. Mm -hmm. And then by episode four, it didn't take very long. (laughs) (laughs) But by episode four, we were like, let's talk about coming out. Yeah. And it was like this thing of like, we are experts in that. Mm -hmm. Lean into that. Mm. And it was, again... Like you just said, it's weird that you said that because it's like that moment of realisation of like, we are gay and this is us and this is our lives. So like, why would we not say it and tell it? Mm. And when we did it, the response that we got was mind blowing. Like, and you know, I'm so glad that we did do that and put those cards on the table because those bits of feedback along the way where we, you know, did bear all and really get a bit raw or like tell you something really fucked or like that, you know you wouldn't hear about on the on a daily chat. Yeah. Like that kind of bit of feedback from you guys was like, oh, we, we're onto something here. Like, let's mm. keep going. Like, I want to keep sharing and I want to keep putting my cards on the table for everyone. And I want people to, you know, I think the coming out perfect example of like what that episode has done for people over the last two years and hopefully more years to come in terms of helping them with their own sexuality. Like that is such a gift that I'm so glad that we've been able to give Totally. I didn't have when I was coming out. And like, you know, and I think when I listen back to that episode, there is that snippet where I get emotional and like that is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And I think like for me, that's really nice because I always will. (laughs) I'll always have that there to sort of be able to reflect on and be like, look how far you've come. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no tears yet. <laughs> well, we're kind of nearing the end, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. So maybe it is the right time for my tears to start flowing. Yeah. I think one of the things that... There's a couple of things we're going to do now. One of it, which is... Mitch and I have written a little bit of a something-something for each other that mm-hmm. we haven't um, revealed yet. So you'll be hearing it the same time that we're hearing it. Yeah. Um, but we both, I just said to Mitch, I was like, I really want to like acknowledge you as my co-host. Um, and he sort of said the same. So we're going to get to that. But I think more importantly, before we get into that, the there is someone else in the room that is more important. Mm. And it is you guys, the listeners. I think like from me personally, and I will throw to Mitch in a second, but I really want to say from the bottom of my heart, Thank you to everyone who has tuned in for 72 or 50 or six or however long it's been, but whatever sort of support that you've shown us in the last two years means a lot and goes a really long way. And we wouldn't be here without any of you, Mm. you know, and if you've, you know, from the day we started at zero to however many now that we're at, you know, 
you guys are the reason why we show up every week. Yeah. And... I think, yeah, I obviously echo that. Um, I mean, it's no lie that, you know, we are doing this because we love it and whatever, but, like, at the end of the day, if no one's listening to us, it dies. Mm. And so everyone who does tune in every week is the reason that the episodes keep coming out, but everyone who messages us or, like, you know, sends in their fucked stories for your message, our machine, that's the reason that we still love it. Totally. like, I, it's weird. Like, I feel like some of the people who have been particularly active listening over the last two years, like, I feel like I know them. Mm. Like, I've never met a lot no. of these people, but no. I feel like I know who you are and, like, I understand, like, what, like, makes you sad and what makes you happy and, yeah. like, it's weird. It's it like a little weird. family, which is kind of like an ugh thing to say, but... No, it is. And I think, like... There is a community here, a message on the machine community. There's a queer community. There is an allied community. Mm. There's a a little sort of like circle that's kind of gets bigger and bigger sort of the more you push out and you're all kind of connected and part of it in some way. And I think like there's been so many times when Mitch and I are like, what? Can't be fucked. (laughs) And one of you will just send that one message. It's like the universe kind of knew that we needed it at that time. And like someone will reach out and say something. And it's like, I can't, I can't not do it. Yeah. I can't not be here. I can't not show up. I can't not record. I can't not... I can't let someone down because there's people out there that were waiting for that episode on a Wednesday morning, and which we never not recorded. Thank you very much. We didn't fucking miss a Wednesday ever. Ever. So fucking cheers to us. <laughs> Could have, but we didn't. Pat yourself on the back. Uh, but no, yeah. Thank you so much to everyone for your support. And we love Mitch, you. Yes, we do. We love you so much. Mitch, do you have any final, like bits of advice to give anyone listening? Um, I think, like, having done this, Mm. I would say if there's something like this that you want to do, just give it a crack. Yeah. Find someone like Adrian who, like, is good at making things happen (laughs) (laughs) and is very forceful (laughs) and lock them down and just have a go. Like, it's... It could be easy to look at this like, oh, you know, it's a failure because it's ending. But it's been such a beautiful journey and I, yeah... Just do it. Yeah, it's ending, but, like, it also is something Mm. and was something and it will always now be something. And, like, imagine if it was never existed, you know? Imagine that. But, like, they say it's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. That's it. And I actually fully believe that. So, yeah, great advice. What about you? I think I 100% echo that. And I think I'm more of a... little echo chamber in here today. I know. I think I'm more of a personal note for people as individuals like don't ever 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 let anyone tell you that you can't be or do whoever you want to be because there is no right or wrong in anything and finding your authentic self and channeling that in every way shape or form whether you're gay or you're straight is the best possible thing that you can do so make sure you do it (laughs) because don't ever get don't ever get to an age in life where you're like you might have regret you don't want that No, no regrets. No regrets, bitches. No (laughs) fucking regrets. Okay, so it's time to read our love letters to each other. Yeah, this is a final note. We've said thanks and love (laughs) to the audience. I'm going to be such a mess. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Sure. To my dear Adrian. (laughs) It's safe to say the first time I saw a hairy Italian man dressed up as Lady Gaga at Halloween, I never thought this is where we would end up. It's taken me a lot of staring at a blank page, or in this case, my notes app, to work out how to close out this show with you. They, I'm not sure who they are, but they say that some people come into your life for a reason. I think that you came into my life for, to quote an icon, (laughs) a million reasons. (laughs) The most important one, though, I think, was to bring this little podcast into the world together. The show, like us, has changed a lot over the years, I remember in one of our early planning meetings, which you kind of touched on before, when I wanted the byline of the show to be something like, a show where two gay boys talk about gay stuff. (laughs) And you were adamant that this wasn't a gay podcast. Yeah. How did that work out? (laughs) I think the most beautiful thing that came out of this show was that it gave us the opportunity to be as gay as we fucking wanted to be and to show everyone listening to us every single week that they could be too. 
but I digress. Mm-hmm. Instead, we ended up going with Gritty Conversations by Smooth Operators. And it's funny because I think the grittiest conversations about this podcast have, have happened off air. During the countless hours of what the fuck are we talking about this week? How do we make this work in lockdown? Is it really all worth it? Blah, blah, blah. We learned so much about each other during this process and how to operate as a unit. To be completely honest, creating this podcast has been the most gruelling, stressful, hideous thing that I've ever done in my life. But I'm so proud of how we've built it together. When we started Mottam, we had no idea what we were in for at the start, which was not going to lie, a lot of fighting. (laughs) We realised early on that your love language is words of affirmation, and mine is just being told exactly what the fuck that you want me to do. (laughs) So these days, most of our conversations about the pod are pretty easy because you'll just text me saying, here are nine things I need you to do right now. (laughs) And I'll respond saying, no worries, I'm on it. You're doing amazing, sweetie. (laughs) You've definitely, Adrian, been the captain of this ship, keeping everything on schedule, on brief and on budget. No one except me will ever appreciate the powerhouse of will from you that has turned this show into what it has become. It's really sad for me to say goodbye to this crazy beautiful fucked thing that has done so much for us but I want you to know that there's no one else in the world that I would have done it with I love you the end (laughs) okay your turn you got me you little bitch (laughs) thank you that's okay beautiful words I'm just gonna go do a shot (laughs) can we get some more drinks in here actually all right I just want to start by warning everyone that, like, Mitch is the copywriter. So, you know, his speech is probably be a little bit more put together than mine. Um, But I'm going to give it my best. One thing I've learned over the two years of working so closely with Mitch is that less is sometimes more. And my descriptive tangents of emotion (laughs) can sometimes have more of an impact if they're a little bit short and succinct. So I'm going to try to keep this along those lines. Um, Mitch... As we know, I love me some self-development and nothing makes me prouder to be your friend than to have watched you grow in ways that I don't think either of us expected. The truth is, we weren't that close when we started this thing and the guy who started this show with me was a nervous and anxious guy who did a very good job at being everyone's best friend and the funniest guy in the room. This guy, however, also was a guy who had a minor panic attack on the first (laughs) day that we recorded because he was so worried about what other people would think of him. This was a guy that used to be rattled by the opinion of others and would consider how everyone else was going to feel before himself. This is not the man who sits in front of me today. You've transformed into the long-limbed Giselle that you were (laughs) destined to be, into a confident and secure young woman who not only knows who he is but is unapologetically himself. He does what he wants, as he wants, and isn't phased by the noise around him anymore. And if you take anything away from the last two years, I'm glad that it's that, because that is a true gift. (sighs) You are driven and one of the most solid and reliable pillars that I have in my life. And there's no one else that I would have liked to have entered this fucked emotional rollercoaster (laughs) with than you. The truth is that despite my inner drive, I know that there's no way that I could have come as close to achieving the amazing things that we've done without you by my side. In fact, I probably would have been cancelled after the third episode (laughs) if I tried to do this on my own. So thank you for always regulating us over the last two years when needed. Thank you for writing the copy every week. Thank you for whipping up a run sheet for an episode moments before we got into the studio because I was too busy to have a look. Thank you for putting up with my mood swings and my erratic way of doing things. Thank you for pushing me along on the days when I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get things done. And thank you for simply being the most amazing co-host and business partner that a girl could ever ask for. (laughs) Most of all, thank you for being my best friend. I can't wait to do life with you in the next chapter. Cheers to you. Cheers to us. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that. No one ever likes hearing this speech about themselves. <laughs> so it makes you cry. Yes, I'm learning that. Oh. Okay. 
So that's that. <sighs> so I don't know if I needed, if we did that for us or for the listeners, yeah. but I think it just needed to happen. It's good to be said. Because those words will always be there now. Yeah. And I mean everything that I said, so... Do you know what I was thinking about when you said cheers just then? Do you remember episode one? (laughs) That disaster of an episode (laughs) where we started the episode by, like, cheersing each other? Yes. (laughs) I kind of feel like that's how it should also end. Yeah, I can can relate to that. We've got some bubbles on the table, Dale. Do you want to give me a cheers? We can do a cheers. To us. To us. To Message on the Machine. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. This is the last hurrah. Mm. And we're going to go get shit-faced now. We're going to go have a drink because I think (laughs) we deserve it. And on that note, guys, good good luck luck out out there. there.